You're listening to Profit Without Worry, episode number 127. I've got a great guest on today, TEDx speaker, writer, and comedian, Terry Trespicio, to talk about how she quickly pivoted her speaking and event-based business to serve her clients in a new way once the business landscape completely changed in March of 2020. Let's dive in. Hey there, I'm Michelle Evans, and this is the show where coaches, experts, and business owners like us get real about what it takes to create a profitable online business. I can tell you from experience that nonstop hustle plus random acts of marketing do not equal success. So how do we attract a steady flow of clients and sales without all the hustle? This is the Profit Without Worry podcast. Hey there, welcome back and thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast finds you and those you love doing well, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. I know I've said this the past few weeks and I just want to say my heart goes out to everyone out there. You know, we're going through really uncertain and kind of crazy times and I like to check in with myself, with my family, with my clients, with my friends, and really, Anyone I talk to, even if it's my neighbor, I'm yelling out across the street, hey, how's it going? Just to see how they're doing, because sometimes we just need to stop and be aware of these feelings. Today, I'm really, really excited to have a great business owner, speaker, writer, and client, Terry Trespicio on. Just a little background. Terry is pretty freaking amazing. In normal business times, Terry's schedule is typically jam-packed with keynotes and TEDx talks to conferences and workshops and, you know, keynote speaking all over the place. It seems like she's constantly on the go speaking about a range of topics to raving audiences. I mean, just a few months back, she was on a live stream together in the same room with Seth Godin, who's one of my all-time favorite, I don't know, um marketing idols that kind of puts them on a pedestal, but just somebody that I've really looked up to over the years. But, you know, all that changed for Terry in late February, early March 2020. And now one thing about Terry, though, is that she does not let anything hold her back. This New York City girl, she she is one of the fastest pivoting clients I have ever worked with or ever seen. And what she did from mindset to delivery to audience engagement was really a joy to witness and to be a part of. I just love her energy and her focus and her dedication to her craft and her audience and really serving her people. I wanted to bring Terry on to talk about how she's approaching things now that Basically, her 2020 plans went completely up in smoke, only to reveal a whole new way to serve her audience. But before we jump into the interview, let me give you Terry's official bio so that I don't miss any of her important details. Terry Trespicio is an award-winning writer, speaker, and brand advisor who helps professionals of all stripes harness their creative genius to become better leaders. Her TEDx talk, Stop Searching for Your Passion, has almost 6 million views. And if you haven't seen it, I'll link to it in today's show notes. It's really fantastic. She was recently named by HubSpot as one of the top 18 female speakers who are killing it. 
and cited as one of the world's leading creatives by Creative Boom magazine. A former magazine editor and radio host at Martha Stewart, she has appeared on The Today Show, Dr. Oz, The Early Show, The Martha Stewart Show, and The Anderson Cooper Show. Her work has been featured in Oprah Magazine, Marie Claire, Prevention, Business Insider, Forbes, and Inc. She leads several events and retreats each year for people who want to surface their own creative genius. An in-demand, top-rated speaker, Terry is also a stand-up comic. She's really funny. And has performed all over New York City and beyond. She lives in Manhattan. Start tapping into your creative potential with her free guide, Five Ways to Unlock Your Creative Genius at terrysentme.com. And I'll link to that in today's show notes as well. So with that, let's dive into the interview because Terry has a lot of great insights to share with us. Hey there, Terry. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I, so I'm familiar with your business, but I was hoping that you would give everybody who's listening a bit of a background on what your business was like. Until two days ago? Yeah. Until two minutes ago? (laughs) In 2019 and before. And uh, like, what did your business usually look like? Well, I've been on my own uh, for eight years. Prior to that, I was a magazine editor at um, a little magazine called Whole Living, which is gone. So I worked for Martha Stewart for many years. And I got laid off from that job. I went into business for myself. But to, to assume that I was doing the same thing every year, it's just evolved year over year. But I'd say for the past three years, I've gotten kind of a steadier footing in what it is that I do. And the best way to explain it in the most simple layman's terms is that I help people and businesses change the way they talk about, think about, and communicate what they do. So that means brand messaging, whether that's part of a brand overhaul or your TED Talk or your presentations, anything that has to do with messaging, I do that. And that has kept me very elastic. So I've gone where the opportunities are. I kind of flex and bend where I feel the needs are and where I feel there's a little more traction. Um, For instance, (laughs) for the past few years, I've been earning a good part of my living doing brand you know, brand work for in the financial services industry, which is not something I pulled out of a hat. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go do that. I got invited to speak at an event. I did really well there. I kept getting invited back and I started finding clients in that world. And it turned out that my hunch was right that a lot of them did need help with messaging because they had businesses, but they did not really have brands. So the past few years, my life has been growing more and more speaking events, more and more paid speaking events, and those speaking events were funnels for new business. Uh, so that's what my life looked like until eh, five minutes ago. <laughs> and roughly, I mean, like, let's just put this in terms, like, you've been on the TEDx stage. You, how many events speaking or I don't even oh, know. Oh, I added them up. I looked yeah. last year and it's not like I do a ton, but it feels like a ton. Like there's yeah. people who do 50 events a year. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how people do that. I'm doing between, or I was, uh, between like 15 and 20 events. And most of those were paid well. And some were paid not so well or were not paid at all because I opted to do them or I was helping someone out um, or I saw an opportunity that I didn't want to miss. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's not about like people go, I want to speak for a living. If you speak for a living, you get a check for speaking. That just only goes so far. The beauty <laughs> and the power in public speaking for me has been it, you have find your people. 
everywhere you go. So I have come to depend a lot on speaking because I would go and do, you know, speak and, and collect opt-ins and say, hey, if you want to hear from me again, uh, opt-in. And I would get like half the room, half or more. And so I was depending on that to grow my list and, and my offerings and, and client base. And then... Yeah. Everything dun, got dun, canceled. Dun. Michelle, what's really funny is that I always say, when people say, oh, I don't know how you work for yourself, um, you know, because it's so unpredictable. I was like, well, the fact is you could get laid off from a job and then you have no job. The chance of me losing all my clients in a day, that just wouldn't, it can't, it's impossible. To, it would never happen. But I lost my entire 2020s worth, spring and summer's worth of events in, a, in within a day and a half. They all somehow was in the ether, boom. I got the emails one after the other and it was devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you don't have other sources of income, you no, know, yeah. with clients that you work with and stuff, but that was like your main, I don't know, mojo oh, driver. Please. I was like ready to write my own check. I was like, oh, this spring's going to be great because I had some fantastic events lined up. And I was like, oh, this is great. This will book me out for the rest of the year. Literally, I was like, this will be all, I'll be all set after this. And I had been counting on them. And I was like, oh no, this is definitely going to happen though. And when it did, I go, oh my God, oh my God. So it's not like the business, it's not like I had the business and lost it. Like if you're a celebrity and lose your endorsements because you behave badly. It wasn't like that. It was more like the dream died. You know? Yes. You know what? I'm, thank you for saying it like that because I think actually a lot, a lot of us entrepreneurs, I mean, I, I'm not running around speaking like you, but I had a plan and a dream for 2020 that also died because the I dream some, died. Yes. Right. It's not like people wanted their money back. It's not that kind of loss because we didn't have it. If until it's your money, it's not your money. Right. No, it, it was just the being attached to what was going to happen. Yeah, that's right. I, and what, yeah. what did the Buddhists tell us? Do not be attached to outcomes. Yes. Do not be attached for how you think things will work out. And I got caught up in my own seduction of what this season would bring. And, and I was wrong. We were all wrong. And there was no one to be mad at. Every person who ran these events, they didn't want to cancel their events. They'd worked all year for these events. So everyone was sad. And I, you know, I dealt with it. I read the emails and I, I sat on my couch and I, I cried. I mean, I, I had to. There had to be a release somewhere, you yeah. know? Yeah. I sob like a baby. Oh, I'm with <laughs> you on some of those things. And thank you for sharing because a lot of times people just see the outside and they're like, wow, she's really got her stuff together. But it's like, you didn't see what it took to get here. Well, it was that right. I mean, my God, no one has, to, it, no one knows what we're doing right now because we have never lived any of us through anything like this. And so we, we have to just be like, okay, well, and look, no one saved me before. See, when I lost that job, everything, that was one of the other times in my life where everything went away for a sec and I had to be like, okay, well now it's time for me to populate my life and create it. And this is like that happening on a grand scale to so many people. Mm -hmm. So work, I mean, people always say like, oh, work can't keep you company on a warm night. Oh yes, it can. It actually is an amazing antidote. Like I was like, all right, you've cried. Now what are you going to do about it? So yeah, and like, what did you? I mean, you realized pretty much 2020 just went up in smoke. So what did you do? Well, I didn't, it's not like I was leaning on the events and had nothing else planned. Now, the truth is, as a brand advisor and a writer, like I can do this stuff. I'm lucky to be one of the few people who can do the work from anywhere. So in in fact, quarantine life really kind of suits me. Like nothing looks very different in my life. Uh, I'm doing what I did, except 
I didn't have all these funneled leads toward me. So I said, okay, what do I have? And here's what I did. Now, you know what really helped? Dry January. Because January, I just said, I'm not drinking and I'm not going out because then I will drink with my friends. And I said, I'm just going to stay home and, and kind of hunker down. Because here's what happened. I had one late check around the new year. And it was like a five-figure check. And it was late. And things started to look scary to me too quickly. And I said, oh my God, if one check can throw me off, then I'm no better than someone who's depending on one job. I need to create many, many opportunities for income. I already was doing that, but because I was so booked out with events and stuff, I was like, oh, I'm not going to have time to do that. Oh, well, I made time. And most of January, I stayed home and I did a lot of content development. That's usually a really great time to do it. Hunker down, nothing going on. And I I worked on, well, I, I reached out to you, of course, because I've, I've depended on you to help me kind of metabolize the stuff out into the world. But I worked on a new opt-in. I wrote a new opt-in called Five Ways to Unlock Your Creative Genius, which mm-hmm. you named, Michelle. You don't realize you did, but I was struggling with a name and you put that in an ad you were doing. And I was like, hey, if she thinks it's going to get people to be interested, then I should use it as the title. So <laughs> I didn't title, even realize that. Title a la you. You didn't even know that? Okay, no. Well, five ways to unlock your creative genius. And I said, I'm going to do this and do a free, you know, five day program, but then let's offer something else. And I created a 30 day writing, like kind of like a podcast, but rather than sit and listen to it, you actually write. Because one of the things I do when I'm not consulting one-on-one with people is I'm helping people to use writing as a tool to tap their intuition, their creativity, their sense of innovation, their sense of story, all the things that feed your best ideas. And I said, I, can, I should be doing this in a way that can be kind of canned, that someone can buy at a very reasonable price and just have it. So I created a bunch of stuff and I was just sort of like, okay, now what do I do with it? Well, when everything canceled a minute ago, I was like, time to find ways that I can make this useful to people. And so I went from creating opt-ins in January to like thinking life was going to be great in February to like, oh my God, in March. So what I did was, okay, I know that as a speaker, I find my most energy and I do my best work when I'm in front of people live. So I booked a webinar. So a week from the day when I was supposed to be at an event, speaking at this event, that I was crying over not having. I created a webinar and I booked it. I said, it's time. I called you. I said, let's put out the, put out the horns blasting and let people know what's happening. I wrote, I write to my own list every week. I started upping that and talking to them more and saying, listen, here's what's happening right now. You have time you didn't know you had and you have content you have to write and there's a lot of things stressing you out and let me help you focus. So I offered a free training. That was very exciting. I dribbled it out over LinkedIn. I dribbled it to some people. I got like 29 people signed up, 30. And within four days with your help and me talking to my list a lot, I had 350 opt-ins to that webinar. And I'm nobody. Nobody knows me. <laughs> so I always say, if you're offering something that's useful, people might sign up for it, right? So it was, it was called re- is a free training, which I still offer. Um, it's called Rekindle Your Content how to fire up your creativity and fuel your marketing efforts. So I said, hey, let's do a webinar. Let's get in front of people. Let's make people feel that, you know, they're being heard and that, that this is how you can write more efficiently and make it more fun. So I did that. And what's the offer? As you know, you offer some, pay, some free thing. And then I offered and created also at the same time, because when you're creating the free thing, you got to create the thing you're going to offer too. I created something called the six-week sprint, which is six weeks. That is a paid thing. Um, it's high touch. It's a small group of people who will meet with me every week to do their writing and get feedback on it. So I was like, all right, let's do that. 
I've sold, I've sold a few of those. People are like, sweet, we have time. We want to do this. But I think there's more people out there who would love it. But I already did the webinar. So now what? I need to get in front of people again. Not everyone does that, but I like to do that. So I just launched a new thing, a five-day challenge. Again, with your help, getting it out there in the world. I said, well, why don't I do just a short little mini writing workshop every day for anyone who wants a creative outlet, for anyone who just feels frazzled and needs to be focused and needs to not be watching the news for a minute. So I offered that and I just sent an email yesterday saying, hey, who wants to write with me for five days for free just to, you know, just to do it. And I have a hundred people signed up and it doesn't start until next Monday. I'm expecting probably maybe 250, maybe 300 people to, and they're not going to be on all the time, but that is exciting because to me, I don't, I want to feel like people are coming to the party. If I can't have a real party in my house, then let's have a party. Like, I think that is what I'm hearing people need. Connection. Yeah. 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 And here's the, here's the thing that I love, like writing is your superpower, but tapping into that creativity, tapping into ideas, that is your superpower. And you're able to help people who even don't label themselves as quote unquote writers figure that out. Right. And so you're making these, all these opportunities for people to experience you in a new way in a different way, maybe the first way that they've ever really experienced you. So they can say, wow, Terry might be somebody that I actually would like to keep working with. Well, that's the thing too, is that it, it's never, I don't feel bad about doing things for free when A, it's fun. And although all the work should be kind of fun, but also if I think it serves them in a way that may lead to more resource gathering for them later. So if people want to come and do a free training and I never hear from them again, that's fine too. Like, I think that that's the overriding message here is that the reason I was able to pivot, it's not like I made a million dollars. I think this kind of like overblown estimations of what you have to earn out of the gate and people think they're going to offer a paid, you know, put a paid offering out there and force it out into the world because they need money. If you're leading with, I need money now, I'm sorry, people can smell that. Yeah, And, and it, it, it puts you on the opposite side of the table from the people you want to serve. I never liked that. It's always made me uncomfortable. So instead I said, well, I can help writers do what they need to do to be writers, but I can also help people who don't identify as writers to use writing as a tool. I said, what do people need? What is the thing I can serve with? What is my specific bag of tools and how can I serve right now? That is where, that's why I feel so much flow in it. And I think that's important because when you push, I've seen people, I've known people, very people I've felt very close to who I could see were pushing for dollars instead of offering something they really thought would improve someone else. Mm. It's so true. And it makes a huge, huge difference in, in everything, in how people respond to you and in how people view you, everything. People can smell it. Yeah. Even the people who didn't end up buying from you that came to the webinar, they still are engaging with your emails. They're showing up for your five day challenge or signing up for your five day challenge. Um, because they're like, okay, Terry's got some, there's some magic here. I don't even know what it is, but it keeps calling me back. I want to fix something I just said too. Cause when I said, I was like, wait a minute, I am not trying to improve people. People are on their own journey. I feel like the goal for all of us, no matter what we do is um, 
that we should serve in the way we feel best serving. I mean, I had that TED Talk, which is headed now very close to 6 million views. It's not because I'm anything special. It's because the message hit a note, which is you don't have to do this one thing for these one group of people and don't be so rigid around how you define it. It's like, I have, I have this bunch of tools. What could I use it for? Like, I have a safety pin. What could I use it for? Well, safety pin could be used lots of ways. That's how I see anything I have. I, it's not magic fairy dust. I'm not special. It's more like, can I help someone feel good about what they're doing and tap into their own genius as a result? I see myself as a facilitator in that way. And if they go, well, we'd really like your help with this, then they can engage me in that way. That's fine. The right people will find you for that. But I do think, Michelle, that this whole upset for everyone is a serious gut check because you know, you only need to sell umbrellas when it's raining. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, what are you offering now? And if it's not hitting, forcing it doesn't help. The whole game changes. And the entrepreneurs who will persist and thrive are the ones who see their services and their skills as transferable to a human need, not a market need. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, it's so true. Well, and along that, Terry, I have to ask you, how do you think you, I mean, you've already talked about you have these tools in your tool bag, but how do you think you were able to pivot so, so fast from the kind of crying on the couch going, wow, my dream is gone to, to, you know, saying, okay, I've got these tools and I can serve people in this way. Did you just because, push through the bad emotions? Do things well, not Well, no, I had you? a sad night. I had a sad night. I went on to Marco Polo, which is a video, kind of a video messaging app I use with my friends. And uh, someone, one of my friends like, I'm sorry, your thing was canceled. And I got on there. I was like, it's not just a thing that was canceled. My whole life was, you don't even know. Like I, I let it all out. And then that was it. You then, reached out to because, your people. Yeah. I reached out to my people and you know what? I cried a little bit. I bitched and moaned for like a day. And then I was like, I, I personally though have a real problem with um, uh, whining and poor me. I can't stand it in other people. And so you least of all, could I stand it in myself? And I was like, Hey, no one went out to save you when you lost your job. When you, you know, we got laid off. I was like, you need to do this now. And here's the other thing that is advice, right? If you have, if anyone wants that insight, when you see something canceled, that looked like it was going to be awesome. Okay, that's the external world. We can't control that. It's totally out of our control. The thing that made that possible for me is the same thing that would make it possible for me to do this. I wasn't going to have a great career just because this one person booked me for this one thing. They like something about me enough to have me at their event. Then I need to use that and keep offering it in a new way. So you start to just strip away sort of like the trappings of an event or the trappings of this group or that thing. And you just go, hey, it's still me. If people were going to come into a room and watch me speak, then maybe if I can find them and reach out to them and cater my offerings to them, then maybe I can still pull a crowd. I like that. I, I like to do that stuff. And so I realized that it wasn't about poor me. It was like, well, this thing fell apart. It's still you. You still have the same skill set. Use it. Now, we're all very different. I don't expect someone to be like me or to like what I like. But if you have had some measure of success in any area of business, why could you not pivot that? I mm. think that's fun to do. And I think it's fun to do it for other people, which is why 
I've been able to keep doing it. But what is the thing below the surface, below the, the kind of outer shell of circumstance? What is that inner kernel that is the thing that made that opportunity happen in the first place, even if it's canceled now? That thing is still you. There's no reason you can't find a way to offer. And don't tell me, I don't know how to use Zoom or I, I'm not good with tech. If I hear one more person, especially a woman, say to me, but well, I'm not good with tech. Well, uh, I'm not good with uh, speaking Greek, but if I have an offering in Greek, I'm pretty sure I can find someone to translate it. <laughs> Stop redefining your abilities in one area as a reason you can't do what you're good at. So I refuse that to be, I find someone, I hire someone or I learn it myself. Yeah. Often I'll hire someone because I don't want to learn how to do everything, but get good at some things. Mm. And if not, then you shouldn't be in business for yourself. Maybe this is a gut check to find different work. But if you're dragging your, 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 you know, dragging your shoulders around thinking, look, oh, the world's against me. As an entrepreneur, the world is never with you. <laughs> it's always kind of against you. You're always pushing water uphill a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I, I, okay. So there's a couple things here that I just want to break down because uh, you know, I always, I've always thought that you're a super heroine anyways, like you're always out there conquering everything, just doing all sorts of things. But the, it starts, you started by saying, look, I gave myself time to wallow and feel like I did. hundred percent. You did. And, and then you reached out to your close, your people, right? Whoever those people are. Oh, I asked for help. Yeah. And I did the same thing when, you know, cause I was just like, Oh boy, I got to let this out to people who I really trust. And I, I think that that's so critical is that we need to give ourselves that moment, but then it's like, all right, <laughs> time totally. to go. <laughs> oh, I know that you have this funny idea that I'm some kind of heroine, but I am a huge baby. <laughs> I am very afraid. I've been afraid of everything my whole life. So if it sounds that I'm like some super tough, I also really love, even though we are the belly of the beast here, I really love living in New York City and you better be able to pay the rent here. And so it's kind of like, I'm hanging on to a life I want too, but right. it doesn't mean I don't, that I'm not scared. But sometimes if you go to open up the maw of like, what if I don't get any work and then I have to move? I don't go down that path. I said, it's a waste of time. So I contacted people that I trust, friends, colleagues, and I said, I'm really worried. I'm, I'm, I'm upset about this and I don't know what to do. People showed up that I'm telling you, put that call out to the world in your mind and in your openness to accept help, things show up. In fact, emails showed up in my inbox, not from my closest friends, but from people I just kind of knew. One woman who had been to one of my, my workshops, she wrote to me out of the blue. She said, I'm just checking in on you. I'm such a big fan of your stuff. I know things are probably tough. What can I do? <gasps> That was Gosh. unprompted. She's a gem. And I was like, oh my God. That, well, I, and she was like, listen, but that's not the only one I've heard. People writing and saying good things. So this is a time for us to do that for each other. Write to the people who you think are fine. You think, oh, they're rock stars. They're doing fine. I guarantee you they're not. So write to them and say, what can I do to help? Never assume that you can't help someone. And I've been a very grateful recipient of that help. I said, well, would you mind sharing this thing? Yes. People are want, they're dying for that connection. And our social exchange works like this, give and give and be really willing to receive what people give to you. Mm. It's there. It doesn't go away just because we can't get into a, hang out in a bar together. You know, if we can't get coffee together, it doesn't mean that that's not there. So do not fall prey to this idea that you have to be some kind of soldier and like be tough and da, da, da. The only reason I'm able to do this is because I'm real honest, real honest about it. 
Uh, so that matters. And you do it anyway. Like You do yes, it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the part of you that I've always admired the most. Like you're, you're, you are really honest and you're really upfront and you do things anyway. Like you just get out there and do them. And I love that. I'm afraid all the time. I just do it while I'm afraid and while I'm doubting myself. And I just say, if I really expect the best from other people and I, and I, without, I hold back nothing. I don't worry. Someone's going to take an idea. I don't, now is not the time to hoard, even though people are hoarding. Now is not the time to hoard or contract. This is a time when everyone's contracting, right? We're like, oh, stay home. Everyone's pulling into themselves. I find that the best challenge I can give myself is push back against the squeeze and expect more, give more. Yeah, I did a bunch of free trainings. Do another week of them, sure. Give and give and give. People will remember that you gave now. They're going to remember the people who got out in front. Do we all need to make a living? Yes. But I'm not going out there going, how do I make someone give me money? Oh, good luck with that approach. It doesn't work. But people yeah. do have time now that they didn't have. And they're doing a lot of reflecting. And they're doing a lot of thinking. And they need to communicate and they need to be heard. And there's not a business that can't fit itself in to that need. Mm, I love that. So, I mean, you've given a lot of stuff, but as, you know, if people are still kind of wallowing in the, I'm not, I'm not sure how I could pivot, um, or, you know, just trying to kind of catch their breaths and, and figure out what's next, Aside from reaching out to friends, like how would you suggest that they just start realigning and pivoting? Action. The action is don't sit and worry and don't try to do the, the new bigger work while you're feeling upset. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it when you're like that. So give yourself time to do that. Do what you do. Watch TV, take a bath, eat ice cream. I don't care. Do whatever you need to do, but then wake up fresh the next morning and decide you're going to you're going to think about, well, what could I do? And sometimes sitting in front of the computer doesn't help. So when I got blocked the other night, I was like, oh, I don't know. This feels hard. I used Post-its. I put them up my wall. I said, here's, I want to try this. I want to try that. And I put them up on the wall and I looked at them and I said, I'm going to sit here for an hour and just play with this idea. And the five day challenge came out of that. You don't have to fix the business in a day. But I would say, if you can, have a friend on Zoom or some other virtual platform or on a phone call and say, can you help me brainstorm? Let's only talk about what could work. And this comes from my training as a gateless method uh, trained instructor. And this is a specific approach to creative work, started as an approach for writers, but it's far more than just for writers. I'm certified in this method. And one of the key hallmarks of this approach is we do not criticize, doubt, or question. There's a time for that later. Practice that approach by saying to yourself, we're going to put a bunch of ideas on the wall and we're going to see which ones we love the most and keep lifting up the ones you love the most and the ones you don't love. Don't shoot them when they're down. Just let them fall away. <laughs> what gets you excited? Follow the energy of it. Follow the energy of, oh, but I love the idea of doing that. Don't go, well, I don't know if it would sell. And don't talk to a friend who would say, well, that won't sell anything. No, we don't say that won't do this. You say, oh, I love this. I love this. Give yourself lots of clay to work with. And every day, think about a new way that you could do that and just sketch it out slowly and do simple, not perfect. Just get something out there. I've just thrown a whole bunch of new things together and I think they'll hold because they serve, not because they're perfect. I basically treat my business like Saturday Night Live. It's not going live because it's perfect, but it's Saturday night at 11.30 p.m. and the show is on. (laughs) 
And simple, simple, not perfect. Simple. Don't try to make this huge Amagon best thing ever, make a million dollars. Do small, simple things and use them as tests, right? Michelle, you're big into testing. You help me (laughs) test and say, well, did this do well? Did that do well? Use this as a time. People are sitting home ready to be kind of like, okay, we like that. We don't like that. Let them tell you what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel, I mean, you've said this in your videos and, and in some other content that you've done where, you know, your content really can be a two-way street where your content can, can really open that pathway with your audience. And I could not agree more. Oh, it's, yes. It's not about information. Like I gotta, I gotta tell my, uh, my list some information about how to deal with COVID-19. Well, we got the news for that. Enough news. What take, take the current situation and put your lens over it and say, you know, you're not going to have answers and tips every second. Maybe you just talk to them about what you did. Maybe yeah. last night you watched, uh, you watched uh, some, that show, morning show on Apple TV and you're like, oh, here's what I love about this. Take us into the life, into the fabric, the story. People are dying for that. They don't want to hear more statistics from you. They're not, you're not CNN. There's only one CNN. And so thank God I'm to, not. And they're not. <laughs> right. The idea is have the conversation. Don't be afraid of your list and be like, oh, I don't want to bother them. If you don't want to bother them, then why do you have a list? <laughs> you should be in conversation with them all the time and looking at content as a way to love them, not sell them. Content should read every one of them. I write like I'm writing a love letter to someone I really care about. You do. And it comes across that way too. I take time. I sit with it in the morning. I write them and it's, it's, I'm writing to people go, Oh, I thought that letter was just to me. And it turns out it was on that list that you sent. I go, but it was to you. My (laughs) list is not that big. Like I'm really writing to you because I can see who opens them. I know who I'm talking to. So don't underestimate how important your role is in conversation right now. Yeah. And how, yeah, how important you could be. So what are you doing kind of moving forward to take care of yourself and really keep yourself grounded so that you can take care of your clients in business? Um, I have long thought for the past few years that, yes, I'm a writer. Yes, my job is language. Yes, my job is doing X, Y, Z. But my real job, my first job is to manage my energy. Like I, I have to. So I, look, I also am not like you with children at home to take care of and a partner. I am built for quarantine. I got, I'm in my apartment. I got my cat. I got quiet when I want it. So I have that. But barring that, even if you have lots of family obligations, can you have some kind of structure? And not structure like I have to follow rules structure, but when is your best energy? Mine's in the morning. I get the most focused work done. I get more work per minute done in the morning. So I make sure I have my mornings and I guard them. I don't fill it with news. I do the work. And then I make sure I do some kind of exercise. I do something to move. And then take a shower, have lunch. And then I have, you know what? Often I will take a nap. I will admit it on the air. I am a professional napper. Mm. No one's as good a napper as I am. And I know not everyone has that at their disposal, but if I can nap like between somewhere between 2.30 and 4, somewhere in there, I get up, I'm refreshed and I can power through the rest of the night and I can enjoy what I'm doing. So I don't, I don't get like, oh, I'm so exhausted. I can't function because then I can't get anything done. So I make sure that can I favor the points of the day when I can get the most stuff done and the parts of the day when I know I'm not as good, I do other stuff, laundry, I'll do functioning, you know, practical stuff. But your job is not to work all day. You can't, your brain isn't built that way. 
So section it off. And that's how I retain a sense of sanity. But realize I've been doing this for years. So quarantine is not new to me. <laughs> but I love that though. It's just really knowing yourself and knowing know your energy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I worked in the corporate world, we had this thing called the corporate athlete where we would really try to dive into what, what is our energy pattern? How do we work best? Because every, I mean, life is a, a marathon. You can't sprint all the time. You'll no. burn out. Sometimes people between three and five are real perky and awake. Not me. Not me either. I don't even book clients during that time because I don't think they're getting their money's worth because I'm not at my best. And so I don't allow, like I structure strictly so that they get the best value from my time and I get the most value. And you know what? Do your work first. Whenever that freshly driven snow is for you, maybe you really come to life at 11 p.m. Maybe it's 5 a.m. Use that time to get your most focused work done so that you can then turn your attention to your clients and the other people that you do business with. Uh, that's key. And, you mean you don't you know, check your email first thing in the morning? <laughs> oh, no, I look. But oh. I, I often, I look at it and I don't open them. I go, okay, just making sure. I don't open them and get down the rabbit hole. Nope. Because I will, it'll just bleed away all of my energy and time. So I make sure there's no fires to put out. But my mind, email is a, we'll get to you when we get to you. That's good. I, if I even look, I will get sucked down the rabbit hole. You will get sucked sitting. down. That's yeah. a discipline thing, you know? Oh, yeah. You're, it's hard. It's really hard. But if we can do that, if you can let yourself feel free within a structure, I find that the most helpful. Mm. You don't, no one's winning awards right now for working really like the longest and hardest. No one, A, no one wants to hear about it and B, you don't want to do it. So then just be smart about when you get work done. Well, and I personally don't think that the best work comes from people who do it. I mean, occasionally do you have to do long hours because something's gone sideways or whatever? Yes. But that should be few and far between. That's not every day. Exactly. We can't if do you it. do not take care of your energy, you will not be able to do the work you want to do. And I want to keep working. I love it. And so I need to make sure that I can stomach it. And that means I need to sleep, I need to eat, and I need to make sure I feel connected to people. And yeah. we still can do those things. We are equipped. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. And we live in a, a really great time right now for that. Yes. Um, so Terry, I am sure that people are going to want to come check you out. Where are some of the, or where's the best place for them to come see you? Well, I would say, why don't you come over to terrysentme.com, T-E-R-R-I, two R's and an I, sentme.com, just because it's easier than spelling the whole name. And that way you can get the guide. Even if you just get the guide to see what I did in January, you can say, oh, okay, here's what she did. Here's what I could do. Use it as a model. I mean, that's a good reason as any to get on someone's list to see what they're doing, especially if you want to do more of that kind of thing. Not to compare, not to be like, oh, oh, she's better than this or I'm better than her at this. That that's just goes right out the window. Who cares? I have this guide. If you get it, then you can, maybe it'll help prompt some creative opening in you. That's the idea. So that would be the best way to get in touch with me. But of course, you can also find me on every platform and you can reach out any way you, you know, you please. But it would be great to hear from people. <laughs> and I will link to uh, terrysentme.com as well so that um, if people are on the go, you can just go to um, today's show notes, which is in the podcast app. And Terry, I mean, just thank you for coming on. And I just want to open it up. Did you have any last thoughts that you just wanted to leave us with? Be kind to yourself and other people right now. I say that because 
irritability and rage are my go-to emotions. And I found that they've done more harm than good in my pandemic-fueled fury. Like I get irritable. I find I, that's how I channel a lot of my emotions is to be short with people sometimes, especially people that I love. And that doesn't help. Don't let the fear ruin the thing in you that needs to keep going. I tell you that because I tell myself that. But I also want to thank you, Michelle, because I just find you're so sharp, so wonderful to work with. You have just kind of taken the wheel with a lot of the kind of stuff that I don't know anything about. And you've always been so supportive and wonderful. And I'm just really glad to know you too. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to know you as well. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all this today. And I know that people are going to love hearing it. So again, I'll link to everything for Terry. So if you want to go check her workout, and I highly encourage you to do it. Um, you can get it at today's show notes, which you can find at profitwithoutworry.com forward slash episode dash one, two, seven. All right. Wasn't Terry great? Well, as you were listening to this, did you think of someone who could use these insights about navigating business in these crazy times, especially if everything changed for their 2020 plans? If you can think of someone who could use this, would you do both of us a big favor and share this episode with them? It's easy to do from whatever podcasting app you're listening on. Just hit the little share button. Or you can share the URL for today's show, which is profitwithoutworry.com forward slash episode dash 127. And your friend can listen right there on any device. And don't forget to download your freebie from Terry. Five Ways to Unlock Your Creative Genius, which is at terrysentme.com. You can get that at today's show notes or profitwithoutworry.com forward slash free for my own or terrysentme.com for Terry's. And you can see what it takes to create a movement with your marketing. All right. I hope you have a really amazing week and I'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place on another great episode of Profit Without Worry. See you then.